0: Hi everyone, my name is Joey Fight from ThePhysicalEducator.com. Welcome back to The Phys Ed Show podcast. For today's episode, I'm going to be answering a question that I receive a lot via email. How to get started with technology in your teaching. If you've been following my work on ThePhysicalEducator.com for a while, you'll know that I can get pretty geeky when it comes to tech and phys ed. Ever since I first laid my hands on that amazing first generation iPod touch before there was an app store or even a camera on the thing, I was obsessed with seeing how tech could be used in PE. Since then, technology has evolved and and it continues to evolve so quickly that I can totally see how getting into the tech game can be wildly overwhelming for teachers who are just getting started. I especially feel confident saying so because I personally get overwhelmed by all the amazing ideas I see out there on Twitter and social media, and I'm as geeky as they come. So in this episode, I'm going to be breaking down how you can use the SAMR model to gradually bake technology into your teaching in a way that's both powerful and intentional in regards to your students' learning. I'll also be sharing some PE-specific examples of what the SAMR model can look like in action, as well as some pro tips that I can share after a decade of using technology in my teaching. But before we get into any of that, let me talk to you about today's sponsor. So today's episode of the PhysEd Show podcast is brought to you by PhysEdU, my online training academy for physical educators. I've been leading professional development for PE teachers for a decade now, and over the years I've developed a wide range of workshops and sessions that focus on all kinds of different PE-related topics. U is where I'll be making those trainings available online, so that anyone, anywhere can access them. If you go to u.thephysicaleducator.com, that's the letter u.thephysicaleducator.com, you will find my course on standards-based instructional design. In it, you will learn the step-by-step backwards design process that I use to design standards-based units and lessons for my PE program. This includes everything from unpacking the standards and outcomes, to building powerful assessment tools, to designing purposeful games and learning activities for your students. Each VisitU course gives you access to additional learning materials, a student workbook to help you put these new skills into action, and a comment section where you can ask me or your fellow students questions that will help you dive deeper into your professional learning. Until the end of February 2020, you can use the SHOWTIME2020 code, that's all one word, SHOWTIME2020, to save $20 off of your registration. If you have any questions, be sure to hit me up on Twitter or via the contact page on thephysicaleducator.com. Alright, enough with the sponsor talk, let's get back to the episode. So let me start this off by saying that using technology in your teaching does not make you a great teacher. And the opposite is true too. If you're not using technology, that doesn't mean that you're a bad teacher. Technology is just a tool, and just like any other tool, the purpose behind why you are using it will determine whether or not it is a great one. If technology is being used in a way that truly enhances your students' learning, and what I mean by that is that it doesn't get in the way of their learning and it doesn't disrupt your instruction, then it can definitely be a tool that can radically transform your teaching for the better. However, if tech becomes the focus of your lessons, if it reduces the, the cognitive complexity of the task you design, or if it just flat out becomes a distraction to you and your students, well that means it's definitely time for you to go back to the drawing board. Technology in one form or another has been baked into my teaching, I'm not trying to deny that. Over the past decade, I've done my best to integrate it into my pedagogy in ways in which the use of it has become almost seamless if not invisible. But to get to that point, it has required a lot of energy, failure, and frustration along the way. My advantage has been that I started teaching just as technology started to become more and more accessible to teachers. Things like web-based platforms, app stores, and mobile devices really came into existence or at least found their footing throughout those early years of my career. When I started teaching, there wasn't such a deluge of teacher-friendly apps and programs to choose from. That's definitely not the case today where there seems to be a new app or tool being released each and every day. If you don't believe me, just spend some time on product hunt and you'll find yourself feeling overwhelmed with an extreme case of FOMO every 10 minutes. Technology is moving so fast and evolving at such an insane rate that it can be so incredibly overwhelming to know where to get started when it comes to using tech in a way that will truly serve your students' learning. One of the solutions I found that can help fight this sense of overwhelm when you're getting started with tech in your teaching is a SAMR model. So the SAMR model that's SAMR was developed by Dr. Ruben Puentedura in 2010. The goal of the model was to help guide teachers when it came to integrating technology in truly effective ways. So SAMR is an acronym that stands for substitution, augmentation, modification, and redefinition. Each letter represents one of the four steps of the model. The model is also broken down into two levels, with each level being composed of two steps. The first level, which contains the substitution and augmentation steps, is where teaching and learning is enhanced by technology. The second level, which contains the modification and redefinition steps, is where teaching and learning is truly transformed by technology. Okay, so what did these steps even mean? To help us break them down, let's start with a classic SAMR example. A classroom teacher asked their students to write a paper by hand on their favorite athlete. So with this example in mind, let's take a look at each of the four steps and how they could be applied here. The substitution step is where technology acts as a direct substitute without any kind of functional change happening to the learning task. You're literally subbing in one tool for another without changing anything about what the students have to do. So in our write a paper on your favorite athlete example, the substitution step could involve trading out the paper and pencil for a computer in which the students could type their paper in a word processor like Microsoft Word or Apple Notes. I'm not talking about using spellcheck or creating a shared doc. I'm just saying the paper and pencil get replaced by the computer. That's it. Absolutely nothing else changes except for the tool. The importance of the substitution step is that it is a low stakes way of starting to be comfortable with just having technology in your lessons. I say low stakes because if the tech doesn't work, you can just revert back to the original tool that you're going to use anyways. By slowly bringing technology into your teaching, you start to get used to the things people never think or talk about when it comes to tech. Things like, do my students and I feel comfortable using this tool? Does my classroom have the infrastructure, things like access to power or the internet to support this use of technology? How do I manage the technology throughout the lesson? How do I hand it out? How do I get it back? Where does it go everywhere in between those moments? Learning comes from doing, and the more you substitute technology into your lessons, the more you can start to get a feel for how it can live there in a safe, effective, and productive way. The second step of the SAMR model is augmentation just as in the previous step technology here acts as a direct substitute for another tool the difference is that at the augmentation level tech brings some kind of functional improvement to the task this is where both you and your students really begin to feel the benefits of technology in your lessons going back to our example of the paper on their favorite athlete the augmentation step could have students typing their paper in google docs this allows the students to turn in their paper online via google classroom they can include links and images, they can make use of spell check, and they can even invite the teacher to leave comments directly in the document. As you can see, the task here remain the same, but technology is definitely bringing benefits to both the teacher and the students throughout the lesson. The third step of the Simon model is modification, and this is where we start to make the jump from enhancing teaching and learning to truly transforming teaching and learning. So for example, if we stay with our original example here of the paper on the athlete, The modification step could have the class producing an ebook that focuses on an athlete the class all voted on as the subject of this task. The book could be broken down into different sections with different groups of students being assigned to different sections of the book. Working in their group, students can begin to collect writing, videos, images, and all kinds of other kinds of media that can be published inside their section of the book. With a platform like Apple's Pages or Google Docs, The whole class can work together on the book at the same time, and once the book is ready to be shared, it can be published to Apple Books or to the web as a PDF so that it can be shared with the broader community. This step represents a significant jump from the write a paper on your favorite athlete. As you can see, the modification step really begins to give the students a larger role in their learning, all while increasing the complexity of the task. The fourth and final step of the SAMR model is redefinition. At this step, technology allows you to create new tasks that would have been totally impossible without the tech. So for example, after having published your ebook on the selected athlete, each student could go through the document and produce a few questions that could be submitted to the teacher via Google Forms. The teacher could then produce a separate Google Form and have the class vote on their favorite questions. The top five questions could then be asked directly to the athlete, during a video conferencing call with the teacher's class. So that's just a crazy example off the top of my head, but you get the idea. The redefinition step is where doors to new opportunities get open in ways that could have never been possible without the use of tech. It's the ultimate level in which teaching and learning is totally transformed in meaningful and purposeful ways. So that's a quick overview of the SAMR model, but what could this all look like in P? Well let's go with an example from my own teaching. In my Striking Fielding Games unit, the students work towards being able to strike a pitch ball with power. To help them do so, I want them to know the critical elements of the skill so that they can reflect on their performance and compare their work to those cues. To assess this knowledge, I have my students fill out a post-it sheet exit card that they'll use to list the critical elements that they know. Now, if I were to apply the substitution step here, I could replace that post-it with a Google form. I'd build the form, grab its URL, and then create a QR code that links back to it. At the end of class, my students could go scan the QR code with the iPads that we have in class and fill out the form which would basically ask what is your name and what are the critical elements of striking. I could also take things further and step into the augmentation area by using Google Classroom to create an exit card as an ungraded assignment. I can distribute the exit card, leave comment on my students' responses, and start conversations with them about the answers that they share. All of this happens online and outside of class time so that students are going into their next lesson with the feedback that they need in order to keep going deeper into their learning. Now, if I were to move into modification, I might switch things up a bit. In the past, I've had students use the Coach's Eye video analysis app to record themselves striking a pitch ball. Once they've done so, they get to record a screencast in the app of them breaking down their performance while highlighting the different critical elements of the skill. Once they finalize their screencast, I have them airdrop the video to me so that I can then upload it to their Google Drive based student portfolio. Honestly though, I've always dreamed of doing something even bigger and stepping into that redefinition step. I would love to break the skill down with my students and then divide the class into 5 smaller groups. Each group would be assigned one of the critical elements of striking, and would then need to produce a video that highlighted the importance of the cue, showcased the cue being performed, and then presented it all in student-friendly language. The idea would then to be to collect and publish all of these videos into a YouTube playlist that could then be shared with other students in the school. This is kind of what I had in mind years ago when I started the skill book initiative before it all kind of fizzles out. But I had my grade six students basically breaking down skills in video form that we would then share with the younger students at school. I haven't lost hope. I'm really hoping to kind of bring that back. Um, maybe this podcast is going to give me that courage to just kind of take the leap and go for it. So now that we've seen the SAMR model in action and we have a better idea of where to get started when it comes to integrating technology into our teaching, let me hit you off some pro tips that I've had to learn the hard way over the past few years. So my first one is to just focus on building it up. Remember that both you and your students need to get comfortable with having tech in the gym for your lessons. Trying to go all out right from the start will most definitely lead to a lot of frustration and a ton of lost time. I'm all for learning from failure, but we still want to be smart about it. My recommendation is to start with a single lesson and ask yourself, okay, what tools am I using here that could be substituted by tech? This will help you ensure that you're using technology purposely since it's achieving the same goal as the other tool you would have been using anyway. From that substitution step, slowly start working your way up the SAMR model. Remember, there's no rush, so take your time and have some fun with it. Pro tip number two is to over plan. Listen, no matter how prepared you think you are, something will always go wrong. I work at a school that has an amazing infrastructure set up to support hardcore uses of technology in our buildings, and still things go wrong on a regular basis. You want to go into your tech-infused lessons with a backup plan and also have a backup plan for your backup plan. Be ready to think on your feet and react to whatever may happen so that it doesn't significantly disrupt the flow of your lessons and rob your students of their physical education time. Pro tip number three is always be learning. Like I said, even in the best case scenarios, things are going to go bad from time to time. And when they do, don't get mad, get curious. As challenges present themselves, write them down and start brainstorming possible solutions right away. This is where a strong social media based professional network can be so powerful as it gives you access to thousands of teachers who are further along their educational technology journey than you are. Lean on that network, learn from those teachers, and don't forget to reach out to your colleagues in the building. I can't tell you how many times I was stuck facing a problem that I just couldn't figure out only to have a colleague point out the absolute most obvious solution that I may have missed, like that time that I was freaking out because... My tv wasn't working my gym and then my colleague pointed out that the apple tv hdmi cable was unplugged behind the tv it was just a single cable and i'd been wasting like an hour and a half trying to figure out what was going on my pro tip number four is get crafty with hacks and no matter what know that there's always a way forward finding that way stems from having a very clear vision of what it is that you want and then pushing yourself to think outside of the box in order to find a way to achieve it. I always talk about Brendan Jones, a PE teacher from Australia and one of the OGs in our phys ed community, who like nine years ago wanted to take his students geocaching in the woods. He set up this crazy system with an old laptop, a wireless router, and a local WordPress server to create a QR code scavenger hunt that his students could complete outside. He basically built this insane mini-internet that students could tap into to complete the activity. And myself, when I started teaching at my elementary school, at my old school where I used to be, um, there was no Wi-Fi in the gym. So when we scored a sweet set of those first-generation iPads for our school, I was so desperate to make use of them in my teaching. So I got a long Ethernet cable and ran it from the phone jack in my office so that I could plug the Internet uh, into my MacBook. And then from that MacBook, I created a wireless network that connected all the iPads to it. It was, um, in the words of the super angry tech rep that came to my gym a few months later, it was super against school board protocol. But it gave my students a couple months of glorious wireless internet access in PE. And besides, it's always easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Whatever it is that you're trying to achieve with technology, don't let speed bumps get in your way. Ask parents to donate old phones that they no longer use since they've upgraded. Start a Donors Choose page. Talk to your admin or local PE association about grant opportunities. Create partnerships with outside organizations. In other words, just do the work and make it happen. There's always a way to make it happen. And my fifth and final pro tip is keep learning at the heart of your teaching. Remember that your number one job is to make sure kids are safe and to make sure that they are learning in your lessons. Technology can be amazing, but it's also very flashy and to be honest, it's, it's designed to get you addicted to using it. Always make sure that your use of technology is intentional, purposeful, and meaningful in your lessons. If learning isn't taking place or if tech is causing too much friction in regards to learning, then it's not worth it and you need to go back to the drawing board. Your students deserve that. So that's it for me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Phys Ed Show podcast. If you did, I'd so appreciate you taking the time to go rate the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Recommending the show to a colleague, sharing it on Twitter or Facebook, whatever you want to do to help the show grow. I really appreciate it. So thank you for taking the time to do so. Make sure you don't miss out on the show notes for this episode. I'll be dropping a link in the episode description, but you can also always find them on the blog at thephysicaledgecarecom blog. Remember to take advantage of the Showtime 2020 promo code before February 29 when you sign up for my Phys Ed. U course on standards-based instructional design. If you thought this episode was informative, there is a ton more learning waiting for you over at Phys Ed. U, so be sure you go check it out. Once again, my name is Joey Fight from the thephysicaleducator.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Phys Ed Show podcast, and happy teaching.